2: Covering the latest news and analysis around the National Football League. Turn the volume up. The chase is on and the chase is live. Now, let's say what you're holding. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Wednesday, January 16th here on the Pro Football Chase Podcast. Isaac signs coming to you live and on the line for an interview today is Eagles cornerback Craven LeBlanc. Now, to give you a quick bio blast of LeBlanc, he went undrafted out of Florida Atlantic in 2016. He's had stints with the Patriots, the Chicago Bears, the Detroit Lions, and now he's with the Philadelphia Eagles. So first things first, thank you for taking the time to join me today. And how you doing?
3: Man, thank you, man. It's, it's, it's been a blessing, and I'm doing very well, man. I, I couldn't be better.
2: All right, man. Well, as we know, it's every player's goal to hear their name called during the NFL draft. And now, of course, going back to 2016, when you entered the draft, that was not the case for you. How did that outcome of not hearing your name called help fuel you to prove your doubters wrong and make it in this league?
3: Oh, man, I hear my name called in the 2016 draft, man. It put a big chip on my shoulder, you know what I'm saying, as it should for every kid who goes into the into the draft and don't get drafted and go undrafted. Man, I and I, I respect every undrafted football player, you know, who ends up making a name for themselves or making it in this league, period, man. It's, it's, it's really tough. It's really hard. It's really a grind. So um, when I hear my name called, man, I just put my head down Kept grinding, kept grinding, kept grinding. And um, put the faith in my Lord, Lord and Savior. You know, here we are today.
2: Well, you're on your fourth team right now since entering the NFL. And you've experienced being cut multiple times. Can you talk about how those moments of doubt and uncertainty, when you're called into the office and, you know, you're told, hey, we're moving on uh, without you how have those moments shaped you into the person and player you are today
3: i mean you know what i'm saying for any for anybody those moments are surreal you know um the moments man uh it cut deep you know cuz um any team you're on you 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 want to go hard you put your best foot forward as as you should always and especially in my case um and just to you know get cut from three teams or released from three teams man you, it's 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 hard not to you know come home and not think about it or think about whether or not if you know what i'm saying if it was you or if it was a numbers game or you know you know what i'm saying cuz at the end of the day it's a business All right you know, so um, with that being said, you can't just harp on your, you know what I'm saying, get down on yourself too long. You can't you, you can't think about that or uh, worry about, you know what I'm saying, oh, man, I, I've been released or, you know what I'm saying, what I'm going to do now. I mean, you continue what you keep doing. Uh-uh. You continue what you've been doing. Put your head down and keep working, keep grinding. And, you know, it's going to be ups and downs, highs and lows. You know what I'm saying? You fall seven times, you get up eight so that's kind of been like my IMO and uh Yeah man. I mean it's, it, it 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 absolutely have been some days where, you know, I come to the crib after being released and have, you know what I'm saying, one of those moments where, you know what I'm saying, I I call my uh call my mother, uh, you know what I'm saying, and she, she just put it in my ear to where like, you know, those who are last those who are first shall be last and those who are last shall be first so you know what I'm saying don't just you know gotta gotta go harder gotta what you put out there's you know pretty much your resume you know what I'm saying right. so anytime you get out there on the field you gotta make it do what it do <clears throat>
2: Well, Craven, now you know, talking about those experiences, you were given another opportunity to play for the Eagles this past November due to multiple injuries that they had in their secondary at the time. Now I have to ask you, what was your reaction when you heard the news that you were claimed off waivers by the defending Super Bowl champs, the Eagles? And how did you find out about that? Was that through your agent letting you know that you were claimed or was that a direct phone call from the Eagles ownership or how did that process work out?
3: Um when I when I when I got the call from my agent and he 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 let me know that uh I was going to be receiving a call, you know what I'm saying, from from the Eagles and they that they that they're going to pull the trigger and claim me. So um, when he told me that man, I was just full of joy, full of excitement, um, truly blessed for the opportunity, and I was just running around like I was running around my apartment, going crazy like a kid at a candy store, man. And it was it was it was truly a blessing to get claimed by the um, Super Bowl defending champs, man. So once I got that call, you know, I ain't look back. I just you know the next day I flew out, um, and so when I got there. It was like, you know what I'm saying? I had to learn the plays as soon as possible, as fast as I can. So, and yeah, that's what I did.
2: When you were on the Eagles, you all went 6-3 and three down the stretch and qualified for the playoffs, you know, after winning that Week 17 game against the Washington Redskins, got some help from the Minnesota Vikings by losing. What was it like playing for Doug Peterson And how does he stand out from the other coaches that you've played for?
3: I mean, Coach Doug, man, he's a phenomenal coach. He's a player's coach. Um, Obviously, like he, he, he played in this league and he understands. He understands us and just like the environment. And like, it's not really a, it's not really, it's a football team, but it's more than just a football team with Coach Doug, man, it's, it's it's truly a brotherhood and that's what we look at it as like everybody who's on this team and everybody who's in those locker rooms everybody that's in that building man it's it's a family it's 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 a brotherhood so just playing for him man it's 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 way different it's a lot different it's, it don't feel like you just playing football for a team it feel like you just playing football for your brothers and everybody like You know what I'm saying? Like, you love in that locker room.
2: On that same staff, you got Jim Schwartz, the defensive coordinator, who's regarded as one of the top defensive minds in football and, you know, given the opportunity to play for him in his defensive scheme. And I found this uh, really cool, man, because I've been following you for quite some time on Instagram, and I saw his presser uh, when I was prepping for a podcast. And in the interview... Following uh, y'all's wildcard victory over the Chicago Bears, you were actually praised by Schwartz as he said, open quote, I don't know where we'd be without Cravon. That might have been the key to our season, putting the waiver claim in. Close quote. That's Schwartz talking about you and talking about the acquisition of bringing you on into their secondary room and seeing how stellar you were playing what did those words mean to you, man? And how did it improve your confidence and your motivation to play for Jim Schwartz?
3: Man, it meant a lot coming from from Coach Jim, man. And uh, just hearing him say those words meant a lot, man. It's He's probably the first, you know what I'm saying, coach to actually give me like, you know what I'm saying, solid credit for, you know what I'm saying, my hard work and like my grind as far as like as far as me being in the nfl and when he said that man it was it was it was i was like whoa like okay yeah you know what i'm saying i was very excited very very ecstatic like okay dang coach coach, coach jim like that's live like you know what i'm saying coming from a coach like coach jim man he's he's a very very cool coach to work with he's um He's a team player coach too, man. And just by him saying those words, like it meant a lot. But at the end of the day, I kind of felt like you know, all our backs was against the wall too. You know what I'm saying? And we all we all knew what we was up against, you know. We've been in playoff mind mindset since, you know what I'm saying uh us playing the Rams back in LA and at the Coliseum. So I think all of us had something to do with, you know what I'm saying, us turning the season around, you know what I'm saying? Uh us just not being denied, um, knowing that we're the underdogs, knowing what we have to do week in and week out as a team. So man, it, it really had much to do with everybody just locking in and doing you know, playing for one another, playing for their brother, and not letting each other down, just keeping each other accountable. That's what it all came down to. But to hear that from Swartz, was real cool.
2: Now, going back to that wild card game against the Chicago Bears where you all were obviously the underdogs to the three-seed Bears playing at Soldier Field in frigid weather, I have to ask you, what was it like playing in your first career playoff game for one, and how was it that much more unique playing your former team in the Chicago Bears?
3: Man, it's just funny how God work, man, and it's 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 crazy, you know. Um you know a couple months ago, like I wasn't on the Eagles and like here I am being on the Eagles, we go on a run and now we facing, you know what I'm saying, the one of my ex teams that I played for in the first round of the playoffs and it's like okay, we here, like let's do it. Uh and it, it just going into that game like you know, I did go into it with a chip on my shoulder for sure, you know, cuz I was on I was on that team and um being that, like I still, like I still kick it with all the guys. I still talk to all the guys. It was, it, it really just felt like training camp, or it felt like a, like another home game. So, like I was amped up and excited to play against those guys, man, and just being out there, knowing like that that they'll test me, or knowing that I will get balls thrown my way. So, just being out there with the gang on the back end. With jinxing them, it's it. it we was turned up. We was turned up. We was fueled. We was excited. And like, as you know, like every every game we went to, every away game we went to, like our fans travel well, so it, it it definitely really felt like a home game. So with that being said, like it was just going out there and just making it known, like you know.
2: I hear these players. You know, I've had several of them on and. A lot of these reporters, they talk about that, quote unquote, playoff intensity, where they say, man, once you get to the playoffs, and this is not to discredit the regular season and all the work that goes into it, but can you just share a little bit about what it's like playing in the postseason? You know the temperatures are colder. You know the stakes are higher. It's one and done, win or go home. What was that moment like? Walking onto the field, wild card round in Chicago, were you a little bit more nervous about playing in the playoffs since it was your first time? What was that atmosphere like with the fans buzzing? Just give us some insight on that.
3: I mean, it was it was big. I want not say I was nervous. I, I looked at that game like every other game. You know what I'm saying? It's it's, it's it's a regular game, and our mindset didn't change. Our mindset was to go one and know that week. Want to know every week, you know. So, with that being said, like I did, I didn't think I was nervous or anything like that. You know, I've been playing football all my life. So, once I aligned, got, got warmed up, and you know, what I'm saying the the kickoff started, and the first kickoff was out like the way. You know, normally all your jitters are out, and it's just time to play football.
2: Now, unfortunately, the all season came to an end last Sunday in New Orleans, and. A game where you intercepted Drew Brees' first pass of the game. Can you go ahead and walk me through that play and what you saw in coverage as Brees let go of that ball? Clearly the Saints were trying to go with the quick strike to open up the game there in the Superdome, and you came down with it and sparked a strong start for your team. Can you walk us through what happened on that play?
3: I mean his first play, uh, you know, what I'm saying I think they was at the forty or the fifty, um, going in and 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 Ted Ginn was in the slot and it was it was trips. And uh we all know like you know what I'm saying, New Orleans. The New Orleans Saints are a phenomenal team, they're a good team and they they've been doing a, a great job this year and like you say, playoffs. Everybody is amped up. Everybody has something to prove. And the first time we played them, like they beat us real bad. So we, we, we went in there having something to prove and a chip on our shoulder, too, to show them that we wasn't the same team when we first played them, you know. So with that being said, and on the first play, Ted again in the slot, uh, in my head, once I seen him striking out, like striking out the gate off the line, first thing that came to my head was a, was a go ball, was a seam. He going vertical, and then uh, I, I seen Drew Brees uh, look my safety off, and it was just me and Ted again in the back end. And I guess Drew Drew Brees, you know what I'm saying, believed in his receiver and, and just threw it up there and chunked it up there. And as he chunked it up there, and I seen the ball in the air, and me and Ted again was running tip for tat. I was like, man, I got to have this, you know, <laughs> end up going up for it, picking it off and kind of like just get hyped with the team right to the sideline. And I'm, I'm ready. I'm looking for them. I'm looking for my ski mask. Where's that? <laughs> put it on. Yeah. It's that type of game. I just want to let them know, like, we ain't
2: coming here to play no games. This is what it is. This is for real. Did you end up keeping that ball for you or, or did you have to give that ball back?
3: Oh, no, I kept that. That's for sure. I kept that ball. That ball getting painted right now.
2: <laughs> oh, man. <As> we speak. <laughs> that's awesome, man. I figured that you would keep that ball just because of the moment. And then again, man, who you picked off, Drew Brees, of all people, that's a future Hall of Famer. So I was just like, man, he had to have held on to that ball for you that moment. To.
3: Yeah, man. You got to. You can't let those moments like that slip away through your fingers, man. You need all the. All the, the big-time moments and pictures, photos, jerseys, game balls, all, all, that, all those type of things, man, play a big part in that.
2: The Mercedes-Benz Superdome is regarded as one of the toughest places to play. I've had uh, plenty of other players who will say the same thing, and I can just imagine in the playoffs it's even more wired in there. What was it like playing in that hostile environment, And how did it feel when that crowd went silent following your opening interception?
3: Man, we all know how the Dome get, man. The Dome is loud. You know, they roar with rage, man. And they can be as loud as they can be. And after that play, I'm pretty sure everybody had in their mind, like, oh, shoot, like the Eagles came to play, like, all right, let's go. Like, you know what I'm saying? Let's let's crank up. So every time the offense got every time their offense got back on, on the field, it was more so okay, let's let's be quiet. Let's let Drew Brees work. Like, you know what I'm saying? We have a game on our hands right now. And, and it was, you know, when we on defense, it was like I mean, when when we was on offense, it was like, dang, like they, they can be as loud as they can be to, you know, get up get our offense off off track or anything like that. It's so loud to to hear one another in that, in that, in that, uh, in the dome. So it's really, it's very hostile.
2: Can you talk a little bit about the vibe that was circulating in the locker room during that playoff run? And, you know, that's something that you talked about and how proven veterans like Malcolm Jenkins and Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, how did those guys help propel you alls success as a unit?
3: Man, those, those those are some great names and great people who you name man flash cox bg you know those guys are generals out there you know um especially Malcolm man and uh just just seeing how they handle handle themselves when things are going good or when things are going bad is you know what I'm saying it is phenomenal and you know being my fourth year in and, you know what I'm saying, a young player looking up to Jinx and Fletch and all them boys and the other young guys like myself, that we all look up to them boys. We're like We all look up to them and it's like in a locker room, as long as we keep each other accountable and play for one another and and go out there and do what we do and focus on what you have to do, nothing more, nothing less. I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody would be proud of each other at the end of the day, you know. As long as you do your job and you, you go out there and it's meaningful and you playing for your brother outside of you, you're going to go out there and do your thing. You're going to go out there and ball because you don't want to let those type of guys down. You know what I'm saying? So, it's, it's it was pretty cool, like, just winning week in and week out. Going on that run we went on, man, It, it, was, <laughs> it was it was – it was – it was one, it was one year to remember. I'll tell you that. And, and like our vibes in the locker room was going up. Um, you know, you seen it week in and week out every game day, that ski mask came out. Oh, ain't no telling who might get the ski mask or, uh, you know what I'm saying? During the, during the game, we like, who going to get that ski first? Who going to put it on? You know, that ski mask definitely facilitate all that, all that costs is a turnover. So everybody out to try to put that ski mask on, man. And that was, that's that's real that's that's
2: that's gangsta yeah that's awesome well what is it like playing for such a passionate fan base in philadelphia we've all seen it man these eagles fans it just seems like they are on another level when it comes to rooting on their team they're also as you know can be a little bit feisty booing their own squad as well as we saw that when they were hitting that rough patch i don't think you were there in philadelphia just yet but just go ahead and give us some insight about playing for those fans and what that atmosphere is like at Lincoln Financial Field on Sundays.
3: Man, playing for the, the fans of Philly, man, is great. It's an honor. They, they come to support every game, no matter where we are, home, away. And it's like, especially in the home games, at, at, I mean, in home games at the Lincoln, it get crazy, it get loud. Uh, uh, especially when we was going on the run, like when we was going on the run. When I got there, like you say, I wasn't there. Like during the during the rough, rough part of it, but um, just going on the run, man, in the Lincoln, it can get crazy. Like it was, it was even like even when we came out, like with the ski mask, uh, turnover thing. Like as a, like as a, like a little turnover chain. It was some. It was some fans in the stands with, with ski masks on. Like, it was it was crazy. It was wild, man. And they, they bring the juice, they bring the energy, and they bring the best out of us. And you know what I'm saying? We love them for that.
2: Well, now, Cravon, it's uh, officially the off offseason. Uh, now that maybe you have a little bit of time before you get rolling again with your train, not sure what your schedule looks like. But do you have any vacation plans coming up in the future or anything that you're going to go do to enjoy yourself before you get back at it with training and all that stuff?
3: Man, I'm definitely going to go, go home down to Florida, spend some time with my family. Uh, I've been, been away from them for most of the majority of the year. So uh, I'm definitely going to go down there and spend time with them. And, um, And I got I got to go visit my brother um, who's in who's in prison. So visit him. Make sure I make my daily rounds with him and my cousin and just, you know, get my body right. Start getting my body back right for, for this year.
2: Well, again, Craven, man, I appreciate you taking the time to join me this morning on the Pro Football Chase podcast. And congrats on a great year. And it's really cool to see a lot of people who were giving you props, man, uh, on national TV, talking about Craven LeBlanc and how big of an addition you were for the Eagles in that playoff run. So uh, keep up the awesome work, man. I really admire your story, working hard at it every day. and, And you're an inspiration, I'm sure, to a lot of other younger players who look up to you. So keep up the good stuff, man. And I look forward to seeing you back out on the field for the 2019 season. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, man. Blessings. Take care.
0: For sure.